You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, everybody, to episode 41. That's right, we're on episode 41 of the Writer's Block Podcast. I'm Jess Navarro. As you already know, I am joined by Brandon Laurie. Brandon, 41 episodes. Can you believe it? That went by really, really fast. I read 41, and it barely just hit me right now that we're at episode 41. I, I just can't believe that we're almost into the next season for the Dallas Cowboys, which is when we started this whole thing. Uh, of course, you know, not on the right foot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss, but we're looking to change yeah. things. It's a new season. It's a new us. Um, and, you know, we're not there quite yet. We still have a few more weeks to go. But, yeah, definitely – it, it is a little surreal. It's the Marquise Bell episode, if you will, with, with 41. Oh, I, think, I think that's the number that he wears. I haven't seen him in a, in a while. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely, you know, exciting. I'm, I'm happy that to keep uh, going. And uh, we're almost at 50. So we're almost at that milestone. We're almost at our Sean Lee episode, ladies and gents. Well, um, if you haven't already, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jess Navarro's underscore. You can follow Brandon at Brandon is right. W-R-I-T-E. We love to hear from y'all. Unless y'all are talking about how much we just conversate. This is a podcast. <laughs> I would like to remind you. Um, and we like to give y'all a little insight on us sometimes. So, um, what we're going to do today is we're going to jump right into it because we're continuing our Dallas Cowboys progress reports. School is out for the summer, as we know, and it is hot. Uh, Brandon, yeah. I know you are blessed <laughs> to not have to deal with this hot weather right now. I'm not so blessed. I am back home and I will be back home for the next few weeks. So when you hear these episodes, I am recording from Las Cruces, New Mexico, land of the enchantment and land of the hot weather. I'm talking 106. 107 dry heat. Oh, man. It sounds like you're I don't know like I'm doing this. You're talking about radio stations from the area. It's like I I don't want anything <laughs> to do with that weather. No, I I will take New Jersey over any day uh with 107. Look, 107 in the dry heat is very different uh than uh, I think it was triple digits in Dallas, but humidity. Mm. Um yeah, yeah. All that to say it's hot. Drink your water. If you're listening to this, if it's hot or not where you're at, drink your water and take care of yourself. Meanwhile, you get to listen to us for the next probably 45 minutes or so. Let's be honest. We always try to say we're going to keep this at 30 minutes. Never works out for yeah. us. But uh, what we're going to do this week for our progress report is we're going to talk about some O-line because you cannot have a successful season, a successful offense, a successful quarterback without an, a successful O-line. And this has really been a topic of discussion since last season. We'll get into that. And then it continues to be a topic of discussion. We'll get into that as well. But let's talk about the gentlemen that make up the offensive line. Um, backups and all. We're going to include everybody. We're all in this together. Very high school musical-esque. <laughs> um, let's start with our tackles. We have Matt Let's go. Josh Ball, Earl Bostick Jr., 
Tyron Smith, Terrence Steele, Tyler Smith, and Alex Taylor, your guards. Um, and again, these are all versatile people. We're, we're going to switch things up as we talk. This is just what they are listed as on the Cowboys website and their roster, okay? Uh, at guard, you have TJ Bass, Chuma Ijoga, Matt Farniak, Zach Martin, Goat, and Awesome Richards. Of course, you have your centers, Tyler Biotish, Brock Hoffman, and Alec Lindstrom. So, we just talked about why, or rather, we touched base on the O-line being a topic of conversation last season. Well, that was because the injury bug kind of kept striking at the Cowboys O-line, as we know. And it created our next topic, the word of the podcast, <laughs> the word of last season when it comes to the O-line, versatility. I'm sure you're going to hear that word uh, a lot of times throughout this episode. So, Take a shot. Take a shot of water or an adult beverage if you want, if you're out by the pool enjoying your summer, when you hear the word versatility uh, in this episode. Because position flex is something that even now, it, it seems like the Cowboys front office has adjusted their scouting search to really be part of, right? Is yeah. what, what can be who can be the most versatile within this O-line who can kind of pull a Jason Peters and at the drop of a hat, get you that position flex exactly when you need it. So again, I don't think it's shed light enough on the fact that this is such a difficult thing to do. We talk about versatility so often, but you kind of forget what a difficult thing it is for these guys to do, whether they're switching sides of the line, which are their, whether they're switching positions you're talking muscle memory that goes into this that is not easy to break. I mean, muscle memory for anybody is hard to break, but when you're talking about a specific offensive line guy, there's so many rules, so many strategies that go into being a good O-line member, and you're you're told, hey, go from the left side to the right side. You have to mirror everything. Very hard to do, so just kudos where kudos are well-deserved. Well, everybody in the O-line. The one thing I was going to mention is you, you talked about the Cowboys – website and how they have all the positions listed I was trying to find a few players and it's like they were categorized under offensive linemen with Tyler Smith Awesome Richards and Alex Taylor where they have center guard tackle but then they have this offensive line group where like you talked about the Cowboys are always promoting offensive line versatility Mike McCarthy has talked about that where even now Stephen Jones who has been always against it and Mike McCarthy also talking about uh, fantasy football it's like we're in this new world where they do not want to have an issue where if one guy goes down, the backup does not know what they're going to be doing. They can't perform at a high level. So if you have everybody cross-training, and I think that in the root of what they mentioned with Terrence Steele possibly getting some work at left guard, I just think they want everybody to be aware of what's going on along all the five positions, maybe not so much center, but at least the guard and tackle positions, where if they can kind of reshuffle things to have their best five offensive linemen. We saw even in the playoff game against Tampa Bay, you had – Jason Peters at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, and then Tyron Smith at right tackle. That offensive line combination didn't even exist last year during the regular season, and then they threw it out there for the playoffs. It didn't last long, but there's, that's still an effort to try and make sure they have the best five available. So I think that's why this versatile word is thrown around so much is that they want, at the end of the day, their best five guys. And position flex, it's just such an important variable, and I think – when it comes to the O-line, it wasn't really until last season that you understood why it's so important within yeah. the offensive line in general because you had a guy like Jason Peters that really started that conversation when he was like, put me in wherever yeah, you need to exactly. and I'm going to make it happen at 40 years old. Um, Jason Peters, wish him nothing but the best. He absolutely uh, 
will be part of this discussion as we go on, specifically with a certain guy who's ready to take his year to jump in Tyler Smith. So with that, let's get to it. Let's go down all positions within the offensive line because we're kind of entering the multiverse of O-line here because there's just a lot of combinations we can work with. So we're going to try to explain it uh, as best as we can to our due diligence here on the podcast. So let's start with left tackle. This is going to be the easiest way we can explain all of these positions, who can work where, who has had work where. We're going to go down all of these positions for you. So as we know, Tyron Smith, the GOAT, has not played a full season since 2015. That's almost a decade. That is almost. I was going to (laughs) say 10 years next season. That's a long time. I know it seems like 2015 was last year. It wasn't like that's crazy. Okay. So since then he's missed 33 games. That is a lot when you're talking about someone who is so fantastic when he's healthy. And then when he's out, it seems like he's out for such a long period of time. And look, We saw it happen last season in training camp, nonetheless. So, um, again, if he can stay healthy, he is absolutely part of this O-line. But the question is if, right? Mm -hmm. 2015 is a long time. So, um, because of that, it it was such an interesting topic of conversation last year when we were talking about Tyler Smith. And Mike McCarthy had just said, hey, where things stand right now, I don't really see Tyler being in a starting position with this offensive line. We're talking, I mean, that was a big deal. Yeah. That was monumental. If not the same week, Tyron Smith goes down, and then what do we do? Well, we see the start of an incredible career for Tyler Smith, who truly stepped up, deserves all his kudos for the way he worked and his, his I guess, due diligence to make sure that He wasn't the drop-off in the O-line, that there was no drop-off for him being the rookie. And so um, what's interesting about all of this is, yes, because Tyron has not had a healthy season, you have to kind of figure out and almost plan ahead, if you will, for the injury bug at any point with these guys. Keep in mind, these O-line guys, they take these hits after hits after hits after hits. Injury bug will strike at some point. And I hate saying that, but with guys that are so physical and so big and you have those defensive guys coming at you, I mean, you're in the trenches. Stuff's going to happen. Let's talk about the multiverse here at left tackle. How likely is it? And we're talking Smith versus Smith here. (laughs) The law firm of Smith versus Smith. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like. We're talking Smith versus Smith here because how likely is it, Brandon, that we see a healthy Tyron Smith but then you see Tyler Smith come in with a starting position at left tackle. Yeah, I, I think... What multiverse does that land in? That's the interesting conversation is if Tyron Smith is healthy throughout the entirety of training camp and you know where do you put him? Where does he line up? Because I put on here when I was looking at Tyron Smith and everything about him between last year and going back to 2015 is you mentioned it. There are a multitude of different things where he could be on the bench to start the season, he could be at left tackle. He could be at right tackle. We talked about 
Uh, Terrence Steele, of course, coming back with injuries, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But, you know, is he going to be ready for week one? We're not sure. If the Cowboys don't want to rush him and maybe give him a week or two to, to rest um, going into the regular season, Ty- Tyron Smith has been getting work at right tackle, you know, during the OTAs. And, of course, mini camp he moved to left tackle. So I think that there's a real possibility we could see him at either of those spots, bench, left, or right. But, if they do have a healthy Tyler Smith and a healthy Tyron Smith, me personally, you still put Tyron Smith at the left tackle spot, and then you have left guard solidified with Tyler Smith, and you just see what happens. You hope that you can get five games out of Tyron Smith, but it's just you you feel like now, and it, it's sad to say, it's just at, at some point during the season, something's going to come up. It might be a back. It might be a shoulder. It might be a hand. It might be a foot. It might be a knee. It's just one of the body parts are just not going to function with Tyron Smith at the right time. And the crazy part is I'm looking at the age group of everybody here. Zach Martin is older than Tyron Smith by like a few hundred days, something like that, or, or 70 days. So it's like he still is one of the younger-ish guys on the team. He's still 32 years old, but the problem is it's just his body has been breaking down over the previous few seasons, and you cannot count on him being healthy for 17 games, even including in the playoffs. So if he can be healthy you know, for the first seven or eight games, miss a game or two, like that's sort of the recipe for success right now. If he misses an entire season or three quarters of the season, it's just, it's tough. And I think a lot of people thought he wouldn't be on the roster entering this year, but they restructured his contract to kind of be a little bit more player incentive based where the Cowboys, they'll pay him a lot if he hits the field a lot. But if he's not going to be on the field, of course, the Cowboys are going to save some money in that area. So I just think statistically 2022 was not his best season. But I also think that that's because of the position change going to right tackle like we talked about that. So I don't put that on him. But if he can get back to being an all pro, even pro bowl level left tackle, why not have him be solidifying that left side? So I think if he is healthy through training camp, we don't see any injuries. I think he is your week one starting left tackle. But again, that is very subject to change. I do not want to put any sort of bet down that he would be out uh, out there on the field for 17 games. And so, of course, Tyler Smith is a viable option to start at left tackle if, for whatever reason, yeah. Tyron Smith would not be available. But other options that you could see are potentially Josh Ball or Matt Willetsko. Again, those are just options. I think the more viable thing would be Tyler Smith more than anything else. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so hard because Tyron Smith, went, like I said, when he's great, he's great. It's just, can he stay healthy? And my worry now is seeing how the injury happened. Because keep in mind, I was at training camp when his injury happened, and yeah. I saw it. And it it was it was just it looked so minimal because it wasn't even a hit or anything that necessarily created that uh, injury to happen. And he walked off the field. So you knew he was injured. But it was like, oh, he pulled a hammy. He pulled something, you know, not not a big deal. I mean, a big deal because it it was training camp and the the ending leg of training camp and then you had your your regular season just weeks away at that point. So that was really your worry is how many weeks. But then you hear about the the details, the gruesome details <laughs> of this man's injury and how he was walking off the field. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like I said, that should show his toughness already. He's a great teammate. He's a great locker room guy. And he gives great advice to these guys. I mean, especially a young Tyler Smith who's getting ready to take that year two jump. I think he can still absorb as much as he can from Tyron. But it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. And look, Brandon and I are not sitting here saying, like, 
these massive injuries are going to happen. No, what we're saying is at some point you just have to be prepared because history speaks for itself at this point, 10 years, guys, we can hope that Tyron Smith has his first full season from the last 10 years this year. But again, you just have to plan ahead. Well, so, I was going to ask who, move... who, who, would, oh, who would you put at left tackle? Like everybody's healthy, Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith, who would be your week yeah. one starter at left tackle? I mean, Tyron Smith, okay. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's nobody else. Uh, why would you not? If he's healthy, have him there. So Again, he's one of those guys that you you hope stays healthy through training camp mm. because you're not going to see him take snaps during preseason. It's not worth the risk. You you save him for the start of the regular season, but it's this training camp period that you'll see really start in the next few weeks that you have to keep an eye on how much his body can take. And if there's any sort of sign of anything, you yank him out and you keep him healthy until the start of week one of the regular season. But I think we're in agreement about that. I think if he's healthy... He starts at left tackle, right? Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame caliber left tackle when healthy. And if you can kind of just take as much out of that, even if, like I mentioned, four games, if you can go 4-0 and in that stretch and something happens, you know that the guy behind him. And, and that's the discussion. People have talked about, do you want to halt Tyler Smith's development at left tackle? But if Tyron Smith is only going to be here for one more season, maybe two more years, is that really going to halt you know Tyler Smith's development we saw last year he was able to come in like you mentioned two weeks you know from the regular season and be a really good left tackle not excellent not hall of fame level yet but you saw really really good things from him so if he can keep that mentality he's a great guy has a great head on his shoulders just play it out the way it's supposed to be for right now you put Tyron Smith at, at left tackle and I always thought that it would be better if Tyler Smith would be at left and Tyron you know on the bench but if, if Tyron's healthy put him out there and get as much out of him as you can. Absolutely. And so let's stay on the left side of the line here. We're going to left guard. Something interesting is that when you look at what kind of transpired through the off season in terms of guys that, you know, you got the contract deals done with, you got the extensions done, done with, you got TP on the franchise tag, you got most, uh, most everything you wanted, right? I mean, you got the Dono, you got the LVE, you got the TP, and you got all those deals, but there's other guys that kind of fall through the cracks that you don't realize right away what a loss that they really are until you're going through and you're looking at things positionally. Uh, the first guy that comes to my mind when I'm thinking this is Luke Gifford mm-hmm. and the special teams asset that he was. I mean, he, you know, got picked off by who was it it was the titans blinking the titans thank you uh i heard my mom's dog barking in the background (laughs) (laughs) if y'all hear dogs barking throughout this sorry in advance um but yeah the titans picked him up and you know initially you don't really think anything of it and then you really start to dive deep and you realize what a loss he is but somebody else it was a big loss i think in my opinion was Connor mcgovern yeah um the bills picked him up and again Anytime you lose depth at a position, that's just not good, right? Especially a guy like Connor McGovern, who was seasoned in that Cowboys O-line. So Connor McGovern gone. This is going to change, again, what you see at left guard potentially. So Tyler Smith, do we see him knock back to left guard if you have a healthy Tyron Smith? And is this his spot to keep? Is this spot his spot to lose? I mean, where are we with this left guard position? Um, or... Or say you have a healthy Terrence Steele. Is there a, mer- a multiverse where 
this is Terrence Steele's position. I mean, where do we go with this when it comes to left guard? So I'll answer both of these, and then I'm going to have an opportunity, if, if you will allow me to go on a tangent after I'll let you answer your own question. Please, tangent. Yes, um, go ahead. So I do think right now it is Tyler Smith's job to lose. I'm sure they're going to throw other people out there like Achuma Adoga, Matt Farnack, guys who they've been trying to rotate. Even Matt Willetsko was getting you know some reps uh, supposedly out of um, minicamp or OTAs, one of the two, at left guard. So they're really trying to do as much much due diligence at this position as possible rightfully so I mean it's a been a position that's been eluding the Cowboys when we talk about the great offensive line play since 2014 2016 really the left guard spot has been sort of a revolving door of players so I do think right now if you can solidify it again with Tyron Smith being healthy and I do think that Tyron Smith and the left guard position without even considering Tyler Smith in that just left guard in general they're all tethered together because if Tyron's not healthy then you have to kick Tyler over to the left tackle and then figure something out so really both of those guys are tethered together and that's why again people are bringing up this idea of well then why is one player going to designate what happens at another why have so much you know uncertainty just put Tyler Smith over at left tackle and solidify one position at left guard as you're trying to figure all out I get that I see that point but again, the caliber of player that Tyron Smith would be, that's what you're betting on. That's what you're hoping on. But I do think Tyler Smith, if everything stands the way it is, I think he is your day one starter at left guard. He played some uh, down the, the tail end of the season. Um, you know, I believe it was against Washington and then played, of course, in the playoffs for a little bit before Jason Peters got hurt. So he's used to it. He took a lot of training camp reps last year at left guard. I think this year going to that year two jump, especially getting his body right in an NFL offseason training program, I think is going to be great for him. So he can handle it. He's a great guy. He has a great demeanor about everything. He's just willing to learn and soak everything up. And that's why everything that we've heard about him in any type of interview this offseason is, listen, I'm just doing you know anything I can do to help the team. And that's always great. And I just, like I brought up with Terrence Steele, to me, I don't know if that's going to be more or less about contract negotiations. I mean, I know Terrence Steele is going to be due for a contract. Maybe they're saying he's going to be a left guard so they don't have to pay him tackle money. But I think at the end of the day, it is back to what Mike McCarthy's talked about. Versatility, trying to get every guy, every opportunity to, to learn every position, especially right now. Like minicamp, OTAs, this is really time where you're not seeing any contact at all. It's just for people to learn. When you get to training camp, that's when everything starts to ramp up. That's when everything matters a lot more than the offseason programming early on. So Terrence Steele is still recovering from his injury. We might not, not even see him week one. So at left guard, honestly, just I don't even want to entertain something like that. I think he's a great right tackle. Um, let other guys go in like a Chuma Adoga or a Matt Farniak before you move Terrence Steele over to the to the left side. Apologies in advance if you hear dogs barking and screeching. It is their dinner time. Well, they're excited here, so. to talk about the left guard. You know, it's, they're stoked. So, they're like, <laughs> "Yes, I love this conversation." What a, <laughs> what great points! They're cheering for everything you're saying. Uh, if you can hear them, so if you can, sorry in advance again. We are humans, and uh, we do this podcast however we can do it. And I don't know what's going on, but uh, you know what? We're gonna move on. Anyways, left guard. Yeah, I. it's so interesting when you look at all of this and, like you said, how everything tethers together. And I'm so glad you brought up the point of minicamp and OTAs kind of being the time to learn because keep in mind, this is the time for the rookies yeah. to catch up with the veterans so that way they know what's going on 
come training camp and everybody's on the same page. That's really what this time is for, for mini camp OTAs. And again, there's league regulations and rules to how long practices can go on. So it's not like you're getting a deep dive into much right now. Yeah. Um, all you're really seeing are tidbits of what the basics are. And Mike McCarthy has said, we're going back to the basics and especially on the offensive side of things, you kind of have to. Yeah, and I do think that, and this is where I'm going to go into the little bit of the tangent, if you'll indulge me. And I did a lot of research, a lot of thorough investigation on this, and I found out the we sol- love it. I found the solution to left guard. I mean, if the Cowboys want to ask me what the solution is, by, by all means, I'm here for it. Look, you can even add some background <laughs> music to this if you really feel compelled to do that. Go ahead. So I, I found out that for the Cowboys, this is sort of with left guard, it is the road to just being average. I think if the Cowboys can get average line play from the left guard position, they're going to be pretty successful in 2023. And I do think that if you look at Mike Solari's record, of course, you know, him being the new offensive line coach, he's graded out with his line groups pretty much in the middle of the road of NFL level and compared to all the 31 other teams. I mean, you hope that you can get when he was with Green Bay in 2015, his offensive line played really well. And then also his time with San Francisco. But looking at the left guard position for the Cowboys since 2014, Ron Leary, of course, was the guy. I loved him when he was there. Big Ron. Um, in 2014, when they went 12-4, and four, he was graded out, according to PFF, as an average of around a B-minus grade, which is really good for, for the left guard position, especially for the Cowboys. In 2016, when they had a 13-3 and three record, Ron Leary graded out again at like a C-plus, B-minus. But then this is where it gets sort of train off the tracks here a little bit where in 2017 throwback to Jonathan Cooper being the left guard of the Dallas Cowboys. And he graded out at around a D plus average, really not the absolute best. They went nine and seven. Like I said, that year didn't really have a successful season in 2018. That was Connor Williams rookie season. So of course you throw a rookie into that uh, fire. And of course they went 10 and six made it to the playoffs, but he graded out at around a D minus. And then again, another throwback, which I completely forgot about, but Xavier Suofilo, uh, he had a F minus grade as well. So really not the best guard play during the 2018 season, but still pretty successful. I think that that also has a fact to do with Amari Cooper, of course, coming in, Dak Prescott. They were throwing the ball a little bit more that season than running the ball. 2019, 2020, 8-8, eight and 6-10, eight, and 10, Connor Williams, C-, minus, C-, minus. and then in 2021, Connor Williams' best season, he got better each and every season. They would go in 12-5, and five, they get a C-plus grade at the end of the year for him, and then last year, Connor McGovern was at a C-, minus. so that's what I'm talking about, where they go 12-5, and five, in 2022, 2021, and then in 2014, they go 12 and 4, B minus C plus. So, all that to say, if you can get to average, I think, out of this position, the Cowboys will be successful. And that's why I think if you throw a Tyler Smith into the left guard position, he can get you that above average line and that everybody is hoping for. If you can get a B plus grade out of Tyler Smith, I think the Cowboys are going to get back to what they did best in 2014 with having a really dominant offensive line and not worrying about the left guard position. But it's just where can they find that? Can that be Tyler Smith? Can they possibly, and I don't know anything, it seems like Lyle Collins is getting healthy. I don't know what the situation is in Cincinnati. But if he gets released, do you bring Lyle Collins back and throw him in at left guard to be your left guard for the Cowboys. And we know that when he was here, he played the position before moving to right tackle. I don't know if he would want to do that again, but Dak is his guy. They're really close. Maybe he'd just do it just to come back and play with Dak. I don't know. But I think where it stands, left guard is certainly a topic of conversation amongst all Cowboys fans trying to figure out a solution. 
I do think if they can get just to that average level, you're going to see a lot of success for the Cowboys this year. Yes, yes, yes. Great rant. We love a good educated rant there. And, you know, I think like you do you sorry, think my do, dogs are look my dogs are making this really really difficult for my adhd <laughs> brain to like pay attention here um they are at the door they're just going crazy for this o-line conversation i will say what i hope for tyler smith is no matter where he is at and to me it you know we're, we're talking in a world where everybody is healthy coming out of training camp week one even preseason i just don't see the starters getting snaps in preseason like they didn't last year I see that happening again uh come this season so I'm talking week one everyone's healthy everything's good I think Tyler Smith stays at left guard here but what I want for him more than anything is I want him to be set up for success not just for this season but the longevity of his career and what I really want is I want for him to be set up for success in the spot that he doesn't have to be versatile. Sure, you can be versatile like a Jason Peters, Mm -hmm. but what I want for Tyler Smith is I want him to have the conversation surrounding him like Zach Martin does. You know, when you're talking about Zach Martin uh, now, I want him to be the future Zach Martin for his solidified position. I don't want him to have to move around. I don't want him to have to do those things unless, yes, the injury bug strikes and things have to kind of move around. But for the most part, I just want him to find his solidified spot in the line and stay there, perfect his craft, perfect his art, not have to worry about the muscle memory and all of that, and just stay where he is put, right? That's that's what I want for him. For me, if he's healthy, uh, and I'm talking about Tyron Smith at this point, if Tyron's healthy, he's taken over left tackle. You have Tyler at left guard. That left side is not moving yeah. of that line. I mean, you're talking both guys healthy. Um, I think for me, in order for Tyler to take that year to jump, something that I would like to see continue for him is his mental focus in the terms of pre-snap penalties because mm-hmm. that was an area of concern early on in the season. Of course, it got brought to light. Mike McCarthy definitely put his foot down with that, and then you saw things changing very quickly. And that's just a product of his work ethic. I want to see those pre-snap penalties become a thing of a past. I'm talking like never again. Uh, I don't want to see any of that. But, um, you know, it's interesting because you talk about the continuity and the cadence within that O-line. What I want is I want just people to be set in their said positions, Tyler Smith especially because he's just so young. Um, So that's where I'm at with that. And the one thing I was going to say, you bring up a great point about Tyler Smith having a solidified position. That's what people are concerned about. They don't want another Tyrone Crawford situation where he was bouncing back and forth between defensive end, defensive tackle, losing weight, gaining weight. And Tyler Smith, I believe, will shape his body no matter what to be an offensive lineman. So at least you don't have to worry about that too much. He has his size. He has his weight in mind of what he wants to do. But I do think that's why it was so confusing as to why the Cowboys brought him back. Because, yes, the, the Cowboys are better with Tyron Smith on the team. But what is he really giving at this point? Like, is he a 15% player than what he used to be? It's like, is that worth having around? And like you mentioned, like being a progress stopper where Tyler Smith now is kicking back inside after playing entire season at the left tackle position. Is that really hindering Tyler Smith's development? And that I, I totally see the point. I know you brought that up. And I do think that that's what people are concerned about. I believe that this is will be the last season for Tyron Smith. If I had to like just sit here on June 19th 
you know, and say what I believe. I do think this will be Tyron Smith's last season as a Dallas Cowboy and in football in general. And then you're going to see Tyler Smith be the left tackle for the Cowboys for the foreseeable future for the next 15 years. So I think we'll see the end of that come the end of this year. But if 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 Tyron Smith is healthy, I just I can't see the Cowboys not putting him at the left tackle spot. And that's why it's so confusing. That's why we're talking about this, because yeah. it's important. But I, I see the confusion. We're both kind of talking things through right now. But yeah, um, yeah I agree. I, I don't want him to be bouncing back and forth, back and forth, even midseason. Um, but if that has to happen just for one more season, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, and I think, too, for his year two growth and development, it wouldn't be the worst thing if he had to bounce back and forth. Yeah. I'm just saying for the longevity of his career, right. I want him to have uh, a set spot like said person we're about to discuss when you're <laughs> per- talking about... Perfect transition. <laughs> right. I I don't know how I came up with that on the spot, honestly. Um when you're talking about right guard with the Dallas Cowboys, where does your mind go, Brandon? I mean, uh, I is mean, there any other route here? No, I, I think I did not. I think I wrote one line of notes here about Zach Martin. I said, he's the GOAT. No need for further discussion. Hall of Famer. Like that just not even a complete sentence. Period. I, was, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, he is the <laughs> definition of everything the Cowboys wanted when they drafted him over Johnny Manziel. Like nobody... I never thought he would develop. And again, back. Offensive, oh my offensive line is not a sexy <laughs> position to talk about. Of course, the guys in the room, they love talking about all this stuff. And I've come to grow. Honestly, that was the pick. And Ty- Tyron Smith, when he was selected, he was like a athletic specimen, a freak of nature. That's why the Cowboys took him at ninth overall. But when you take a guard in the middle of the draft, you just, you don't know what you're getting. I mean, with any player in the draft in general, but especially offensive guard, like those guys are usually taken in the twenties, like where Tyler Smith was picked or maybe in the second or third round. But when you take one at 16, I believe is where he was drafted. It's like, okay, well this guy has to be really good. And he's been, I mean, you could have taken him at number three that year, like Quentin Nelson was for the Colts and, and nobody would have batten an eye uh, with it. I just think he is, the pros, pro definition of all the things that Jason Garrett used to talk about with being the right type, right type of guy. Um, and I just, I hope he's around for maybe the next five to six years because that would be the biggest thing about, you know, Jason Witt and Tony Romo never getting a Super Bowl or at least a chance to compete. It would be an absolute shame if Zach Martin never even got a chance to go sniff a Super Bowl um, with the talent that he has. So I hope that not only this is the season for it, but you, you mentioned on here, I mean, this is his 10th year. It's, it's absolutely insane. He's the same age as Tyron Smith. Um, and you just don't know how much time Zach Martin has left to be a Dallas Cowboy. It could be two years. It could be five years. And I wouldn't be shocked either way because I've seen him year after year now just get a little bit more visibly upset when they show him on the sidelines after a loss. And, he, and he's crying. He's in tears in the locker room. And you just you, your heart goes out for a guy like this who day in and day out is is putting his body out there. We've seen a few more injuries crop up with him. So now are we starting to see the decline of Zach Martin? I don't want to even talk about it. But it's sort of how Brandon, much time is left, you know? Don't. I know. Let, I know. Let's not talk about it. Okay. No, you don't have to. <laughs> no, oh nobody is telling me to do this. I'm just doing no. it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Do not. You were on such a roll there. I was like, yes, preach. Yes. You could see me like visibly just starting to get like a little more depressed. I was yeah, like, oh, this like- is really sad. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why are you doing this? We're all good. Life's good. You don't have to worry about that right now in this moment. It's okay. Um, no, Zach Martin. I mean, there's... The only thing I can say about Zach Martin is I, I'm so glad that this offensive line conversation came up when it did last season because it finally shed some light on what a phenomenal player he yeah. is. If anything, he finally got the kudos he deserved last season because people would just kind of skip over him because he was that good that you kind of forget that he's there because he's doing his job so well. You're like not even worried about the right guard position at any point, right? So – if anything, I just think he deserves all the kudos and he deserves more kudos, right? And um, for Tyler Smith to be in a position to work with these guys, like Tyron Smith, he's gotten to work with Jason Peters, to work with Zach Martin, who Zach Martin talks so highly of Tyler Smith. Again, this is why I really want Tyler to just be where he is going to be so he can perfect his craft and his art, just like you saw Zach Martin do uh, throughout the the extent of his career so far um well, but yeah i mean there's really not much else to say for right guard zach martin period done over with however brandon i'm gonna throw you this little question okay if you needed versatility at right guard who do you go with in that case if if you needed it and i'm only saying if because again you're talking about guys that are older you're talking about a zach martin that's entering his 10th nfl season mm-hmm. who you know, you're gonna you're probably not gonna see much of come preseason. You're gonna see limited reps, I would guess, uh, in training camp just to preserve the longevity of what these guys have to do during the regular season, right? And um, that doesn't just go for older players, but yeah. it especially includes them. If you're gonna start seeing combinations without Zach Martin in it, just for that reason alone, who do you think gets those reps at right guard? I think First, it would be Matt Farniak. I think that, you know, he's sort of the guy that the Cowboys really love with all of his versatility. I think he can play every five position on the offensive line or all five positions. So even tackle if they really wanted him to. So I think he would get the first crack at it. Maybe a Josh Ball as well. And again, it's just we need to see where he's at with offensive guard. To me, I want to see live reps, 
not only in a game, but also in practice as well, hearing how he's developing at that spot. Because I just think right now there's too many bodies at the offensive tackle position where it's just he doesn't really fit in that equation anymore. And maybe he's just going to be a floater between the two spots, or maybe he won't even be on the team coming out of training camp. That still has to be decided. But I do think Matt Farniak, and then who knows, maybe Awesome Richards year one, they want to throw him there. I think that that could be a positive thing. But I also think if an undrafted free agent like a TJ Bass is going to come in, Mike McCarthy has had success with the late round draft picks uh, for the Green Bay offensive line. And he looks like a very old school Green Bay offensive lineman and he has the build for it I think if he can kind of compete a little bit in training camp maybe he'll push Matt Farnick but I do think it'll be Matt's job uh, to lose as like the backup right guard at least for right now yeah and again I'm just saying this because like I said you're you're probably not going to see a lot of Zach Martin I would guess between training camp and preseason alone yeah just because again you don't want to risk it it's not worth it and you already know what zach martin can do you don't need to see anything else you already know what he's capable of doing come week one start of the season so i was gonna say um, the one question i wanted to ask you because you've been in the building and everything zach martin has talked a little bit more about the hiring Mm -hmm. of mike solari and what mike mccarthy is running this offense like does he seem like a little like rejuvenated a little bit like he seems a little peeved like in a good way where he's like yeah there's a little bit more aggression it's that pittsburgh style you know play (laughs) call like blue collar and that seems like where where zach martin is all about like the blue collar like grit type player it seems like he's a little bit more rejuvenated entering the season where he knows like again maybe that's the clock is ticking for him and he's like i want to make it to the super bowl and i'm going to do anything in my power to help the team get there yeah what i think as a whole and and not just zach martin but as a whole what you see is this team's just ready to go yeah they're ready to start the season and turn the page from how things ended last season because they were just so much closer and i think as a whole everybody just knows that they are closer than they've ever been. This is the team that can win you a Super Bowl if they can take it all the way there game by game, right? Um, And so I think for me, Zach is also rejuvenated by having a guy like Tyler Smith that he can kind of mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Like I said, he talks so highly of Tyler and their lockers are pretty close together. I want to say there's maybe one locker between them, if not two. I feel bad if it's um, like Kevante Turpin in between no, them. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head who it is. I want to say it's one or two lockers between theirs. Gotcha. So they're always right there by each other. Um, and naturally, you know, reporters are going to ask Zach about uh, Tyler Smith and uh, kind of that year or two jump since that's part of the discussion right now, too. But in general, I, I mean, and keep in mind, I I haven't been in the building long enough to tell you that this time last year, this is how he was talking. So I can't really speak on that. But what I can speak on is just the general consensus. It seems like these guys are just ready to go. Yeah. They, they're they not dwelling on how things ended last season. They're not worried necessarily about the things we're worried about, right? We're sitting here making the discussion of this O-line shift and who's going to be where. They're not worried about it. Um, so again, I, I think he's rejuvenated in the sense that he's just ready to go. Yeah. He's entering his 10th his season He's ready to play, but that's just the competitor in him um, either way. So, um, so far, Brandon, I think we're in agreement that 
our starting line so far would be <laughs> Tyron Smith healthy at left tackle. Left guard would be Tyler Smith. Yep. Right guard, you have Zach Martin. And then right tackle, um, again, things are a little interesting with, yeah. uh, right now, to say at the very least. And and I think this is all going to depend on Terrence Steele and, and how he rehabs um, from his torn ACL and MCL injury. And, you know, last time we heard from him, he said he's on track. He's doing well. He feels good. But what we've learned from these kind of injuries is you can't push guys to come back too soon yeah. and nor do you want to, because again, not only would that impact him this season, that would impact his longevity as a player overall. So you have to be really careful with these kind of injuries, but things get a little bit tricky here because without Terrence still, you have Tyron Smith. There we go again yeah. with, with this name, why he's so valuable here, who could be a swing right tackle for you be that swing tackle on the right side. I mean, it's just so hard because you're kind of just waiting for Terrence Steele to return. Yeah. You also have an awesome Richards that could potentially step in at right tackle. What do you do here? So are, are we in agreement? first of all, that if Terrence Steele is healthy come week one, that's his position? Are, are we in agreement with that or is that just me? I completely agree. I do think if okay. he is healthy, to me, Terrence Steele is the day one right tackle starter. I've never seen, in my memory, I've never seen a bigger jump from an offensive lineman from when he was a rookie to year three. And this isn't really like a large sample size. It's not like, you know, Doug Free was with the Cowboys for a long time. And then in 2014, we saw the best version of Doug Free. And then he moved on to another team. I don't know if it was that season or the season after. It's just the right tackle position, again, for the Cowboys, it was Lyle Collins for a while, you know, when he went from left guard to right tackle. But with Lyle, he was really, really good. And then then he started dealing with injuries a little bit, and that's when Terrence Steele came in. And I'll never forget the rookie season, week one, we're hearing it might be Cam Irving or Cam Fleming. I know there were two Cams at the point, and I couldn't remember which one it was, but we thought, okay, he is the starter at right tackle. And all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy comes out and we see the depth chart and it's like Terrence Steele is starting a right tackle wreck. This undrafted free agent beat out a veteran who's been in the league for a while, former first round pick. And yeah, 2020 was not good. I'm looking his run blocking grade according to PFF was 52.6. Uh, pass 2020 block. wasn't good for anybody though. No, Let's be very clear exactly. about that. Yeah, yeah. 2020 was a year we, we have deleted, erased out of our memories I think maybe the only person that had a good 2020 year was Andy Dalton. That's probably it. <laughs> well, and so that's what I'm saying with these numbers. It's like 52.6 as his run block grade, 49.1 in pass blocking grade. He allowed nine, nine sacks, 34 hurries, and 48 pressures. Fast forward to 2022, and it is a smaller sample size because he missed the back half of the season, but 82.1 in his run blocking grade, 63.7 in pass blocking, allowed one sack, 15 hurries, 20 pressures. I mean, like he just became night and day a completely different player. And I, I just, I bet on those traits. I want to see more of it. He was a really, really dominant run blocker. And I, I'll never forget when Cooper Rush was playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cowboys, they, it was just really struggling to try and get any offensive push against, you know, the team that, you know, uh, represented the Super Bowl uh, NFC team. But I, I think that Terrence Steele, he showed just a, such a dominant presence against the Philadelphia uh, defensive line that you don't want to push that aside. You don't want to put that on the bench. And I don't want to see a scenario where, okay, if he's not healthy and he can't start week one and he maybe isn't ready until week four, 
Then Tyron Smith is your right tackle weeks one through four. Then what happens is Tyron Smith, like they want to say, well, we have our best five and we don't want to disrupt continuity. That's to me, versatility and continuity. They are completely different words. They are going against each other all the time. And the Cowboys are bringing them up like they're, they're one in the same. And to me, when you're talking about continuity, like, yes, it's important, but go with the best player. And to me, the best right tackle on a team when healthy, everything, all things equal is Terrence Steele. Tyron Smith is a much better left tackle than right tackle. If he can fill in and Terrence Steele has a little bit more time to recover. Great. That's awesome. But once he's healthy, if that means Tyler Smith is playing well on the left side, you put Terrence Steele back in at right tackle when he's healthy. That's just that's the best five. Like you can't be talking in two different directions here. Like it's two of the same word when they mean completely different things. And something I want to point out about his injury history here is it's not the same injury, right? So it always worries me a little bit more when you see a player have a nagging injury history where it's the same thing over and over and over. Um, Because given it kind of comes with the position that you're going to get beat up as the season goes on. That is just what it is. You're in the trenches. It's big guy versus big guy. There's going to be injuries and and you're going to be sore and you're going to get roughed up. So for me, when looking at his injury history, it's not – it doesn't concern me. And, and again, rehabbing from his current injury right now, it doesn't concern me unless you're talking about putting him in too early, then it's a different discussion. I know that that's not going to be the issue. I don't think if he's, uh, well, I, I think if he's ready, he'll be in. If he's not ready, he he will not be in week one and he will come in when he's ready. But I, I think Terrence Steele is one of those guys that, He's on the up and up, and, exactly. and so I'm excited to see where he comes in when he's healthy and ready to do that, how much he can really perform. And, um, you know, we're talking about Tyler Smith being the future and all of that, but you also have Terrence Steele, who just hasn't had the opportunity to really solidify his spot here because of these injuries uh, that he's had to deal with. I, I believe it was a neck injury back in 2022 um, that he also had. And so, again, these are all things that you're going to see happen when it comes to these O-line guys, but I'm not concerned about his injury now impacting him later on is, is what I'm trying to get to here. So for me, if he's healthy and he's able and he's, uh, he's ready to go come week one, I, I don't think that there's a better option. Um, I, I think if you're talking about versatility and continuity, like you mentioned, they don't exactly go hand in hand. Yeah. But what's really interesting and I think kind of unique and almost shaping a new realm of offensive line for the NFL because of what the Cowboys were able to do last year is you're seeing continuity within versatility, which uh, sounds now you're, very now, weird. Yeah, now no, it's really confusing. It's, it, it, it sounds weird, but what you're seeing is you're seeing – you saw it last season. You saw a line that was constantly shifting around. You had Jason Peters all over the place. And, you know, talking to some of the guys in the locker room, like I said, they're not worried about who is next to them because mm. they know that the continuity is there with no matter who it is in yeah. the shuffle. Okay, so, now I get it. Right. So what I'm saying is on the outside, continuity is is a concern for us because we're sitting here like, how how can they do that? How can they have this continuity when there's four different players that can be in the same spot? 
because they all work together. And keep in mind, during minicamp, during OTAs, during training camp, they're doing these shuffles. So that way, no matter what shuffle comes in at any point, whether it be because of injury or because they want to change things up, maybe come week eight of the season. I, I don't know. I don't know why I picked week eight. That's just the first thing that came to mind. But they're ready to do that. That's why you have training camp. That's why you have mini camp. That's why you have OTAs. That's why you have rookie mini camp so that the rookies that are in this offensive line discussion can be caught up to speed of, Hey, this is what we're getting ready to do. Just so you're aware, especially for the offensive line guys, there's a lot going on. And when you meet up with the vets, the vets come OTAs and mini camp, you're ready to go. But Again, I, I don't think continuity is much of an issue. Um, I, I think it would concern me more seeing what the Cowboys were able to do last season. If you had all of your set guys at a set position, it would be nice, right? If you had uh, a healthy Tyron Smith and you had Tyler Smith and Zach Martin, everybody plays a healthy Terrence still all placed where they're supposed to be and they're there all season. But that just doesn't seem like it's the reality of the position now. Yeah. So – all that to say, I'm not worried about the continuity within the O-line. I think that's a discussion we create, but I don't necessarily think it's a discussion that the players really worry about too much because they've practiced with all these guys next to them. Tyler Biotish is used to having kind of a revolving door next to him, and Dak Prescott is used to having, you know, four different shuffles of guys in, in guarding him in the pocket, right? So I don't necessarily think it's, an issue but man i i just want everybody to be healthy and, <laughs> so that way we don't have to worry and talk about it right I, I i mean we talked about at the top that this is our 41st episode that was one of the my, my one of my favorite things that you've ever brought up on the show is the the idea of continuity within versatility like that is now sticking in my brain because it makes a lot of sense and i i watched and this is gonna be maybe a stretch here but, but like bear with me I watched Ted Lasso in the recent season. They're trying to reconfigure an offensive scheme for them. And again, soccer, football, they only share the same name. That's the only thing that's similar about the sport. But there was this method, I believe, if I remember, it was called like the triangle method. Uh, It was taken from Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. And Lasso implements it where you basically revolve the offense around one central player passing along everything to everybody else and being like the center focal point. And you brought up a great point where like the only thing that matters with the offensive line, and you mentioned this even at the top, is the quarterback. And if Dak can be the main guy where Dak is making all the checks on the offensive line, getting the guys in, in the perfect position, that's what he's great at. He's one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league doing that then if they're all used to playing with each other on the left side, the right side, you know, and the only person that maybe might be the constant would be center, which we'll talk about where Dak in the center, I mean, they work hand in hand, literally. So if everybody else around is shuffling, but they're all used and they're at least familiar within OTAs, mini camp, they got some experience with communication and working with each other. Like that's okay. Like that creates the continuity. Like you're saying, where the idea is the continuous part of it, where everybody is used to the versatility aspect. That's what they're rooted on um, as an offensive line group, and that is what makes it continuous. You that just absolutely floored me when I'm just thinking about this in my mind when you're when you're talking about it. Like that makes <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. That it's such a smart yeah. point uh, that you brought. I didn't think we'd get this passionate Thanks. and emotional well, about the <laughs> offensive line here, uh, but it we makes it makes make a lot it of sense. Fun for our listeners, yeah. we really do. And here's the thing: is this is something that I like we've talked about has been just 
a discussion since last year because of Jason Peters, but it opened up a whole new door to where you really think about it. And what situation would you rather have, right? Like both have their pros and cons where you have your set guys are all healthy. You already know you have basically every single person stacked at right guard, right tackle, left guard, left tackle, your center. But then say somebody gets injured week four of the season, then they're out. And then you have to kind of rebuild that continuity with your backup there, right? Yeah. Or would you rather have this situation where, if you will, I love to use the term multiverse because it's what you're looking at is the multiverse of offensive guys who can go in and they've already practiced at at right guard or right tackle yeah. or right, not probably not right guard, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know they've already practiced at left tackle or left guard. You you have guys that just know how to do it because they've been there. There's no drop off if you need somebody to step in at any point. So I respect so so much what Mike McCarthy has implemented within this and um you know you you had brought up the coaching change already here because we were looking at um just the coaching staff in the last five seasons and how things have changed especially this season but the offensive line coach you know was Joe Philbin since 2020 and then now you have Mike Solari who's going to come in and, and kind of take over so it's it's one of those things where both situations have pros and cons. Both of them do. It's your best five. And yeah, I, I really don't think that the guys are worried about their continuity. I think it's literally an outside discussion yeah. that we're all worried about because it's the off season. And what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's, let's go on to center. Um, because again, you just mentioned that's, that's very important part of the offensive line yeah. here. Um, it's basically Tyler Biotish's spot at this point. I mean, I don't think there's a question about it. Um, Tyler Biotish coming off of his Pro Bowl season didn't allow any sacks on Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush. So, again, a great season. Another guy that you're talking about is so underrated. I think it's Tyler Biotish. I think he's somebody that gets so overlooked because he does his job, yeah. right? We're talking about that with Zach Martin. I think the exact same for Tyler Biotish. So, Again, um, do you think there's a world where Tyler Biotish is not your starting center? And if so, who is it? And what does that look like for you? Uh, similarly to Zach Martin, not in the same vein of like Hall of Fame player to Hall of Fame player, but I, I didn't really spend a lot of time on Tyler Biotish because I think it's just plain and simple. It's Biotish or bust. Like that to me is what it is. Love where it's he is the starting center for this team and maybe it's by design where they don't have anybody else to back him up where they want to have other versatility at other positions maybe it's because Tyler Biotis has shown over the past two years that he's been uh, a player of strength and, and powering through um, really just staying healthy throughout the entire season we saw as a rookie he was battling some injuries but maybe he's solidified that he grew into his NFL body maybe that's helping him stay healthy a lot longer but and we also saw on good morning football I believe this past week he was doing yoga with everybody and I know that's a big part for offensive yep. line health so I just I look at where everything stands. He, of course, is going into a contract year where I do think it's important for him to get better, to show that he can capitalize on top of being a pro bowler this past year. And to me, he should be in the discussion of, like if right now him and Terrence Steele are going into their contract years, if I had to pick one or the other, me personally, I'd pick Tyler Biotish because I do think it is important to have the quarterback and center continuity like we've talked about where 
the checks, everything that Dak Prescott is so familiar familiar with with diagnosing a defense, Tyler Biotish is helping him out and also doing that with along the offensive line as well. So if you're changing that every year, maybe having to start from scratch and teaching everybody the cadence and everything that Dak Prescott knows with Tyler Biotish, I mean, that's that's tough. That's tough to do, and I think it puts a little bit of a hindrance on the entire integrity of the offensive line. So I think to me it's Biotish or bust. I would like to see – I put an article about this a little while back, how they don't have a backup option. They do have Alex Lind- Alec Lindstrom and Brock Hoffman, but – to me, those aren't proven guys. You have a guy right now on the street. His name is Ben Jones. He was the uh, center for the Tennessee Titans for a very long time. He played with the Houston Texans. He's been in the league for 11 years. He's played center throughout his entire career, except for two seasons where he was a right guard and a left guard. So he has shown the ability to play left guard. So if the Cowboys want to maybe throw a veteran into the mix during training camp to be in that left guard discussion, that would be great. But if you bring him in, you know that could be like a Jason Peters type where – Ben Jones has seen a lot. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's talked about it in the offseason where he's trying to figure out the right situation for him and his family. No better situation than, A, coming to Dallas with the Dallas Cowboys, but also I do think if he just wants to relax and maybe be on the bench, maybe get some reps in at left guard, but also help Tyler Biotish learn and grow similarly like Peters was with Tyler Smith, I think it's just a win-win all the way around. But, yeah, like I said at the top, to me, it's Biotis or bust for the 2023 season, and then you need to re-sign him. And I think the Cowboys, that's something that they want to do. Absolutely. And to me, if Tyler Biotis and Dak Prescott are not concerned about the continuity, it is nothing to be concerned about yeah. within the Cowboys' offensive line. Yeah. And I can tell you Tyler Biotis is not. He's not worried about the continuity. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the amount of just reps that you see him getting with the different – versatile offensive line combinations there's no way he's worried about it there's just no way he's prepared for really anything at this point um and so is Dak Prescott so with all that being said it looks like Brendan and I are in agreement that this is our offensive line if we had to pick right if 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 we had a say in things which Mm -hmm. we don't but if we had to guess it looks like we are going Tyron Smith for left tackle um, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyler Biotish at center. You have, uh, who did we pick at right tackle? Um, uh, Terrence. hello, Terrence still. Yeah. And then right guard, obviously Zach Martin skipped over him because I thought that was an obvious yeah. one there. Um, but that's our starting offensive line. If everybody's healthy and rehabbed, uh, Terrence, if he's rehabbed enough to come in, I think that's what you work with overall though. We're talking about a very versatile room. Um, with a lot of potential to grow and get even better, which is a good thing. What is your grade for our offensive line room for the 2023-2024 Dallas Cowboys? So I'm going to say everything healthy throughout training camp, Tyron Smith healthy, Terrence Steele ready for week one. I'm giving it an A. I really do think the Cowboys are set up with a great offensive line. The fans have been clamoring for an offensive line similarly to what they had in 2014, 2016. And I do think that this year they have the potential to be a really dominant offensive line. We saw Terrence Steele take that next leap forward in his development. Tyler Biotish also, too. Shout out to Tyler Biotish. I mean, he's been living in the shadow of Travis Frederick, which is crazy to think about for a center position. Again, not the most attractive position in football, but coming from the same school, working in the same foundation, they both have the beard and everything. So it's like the guy's been really compared to Travis Frederick his entire career. 
And the fact that he was a fourth-round pick, people never gave him a shot. Well, he became a pro bowler last year. And, again, the trajectory, the arrow is pointing up for him. So I'm, I'm happy for him there. But I, I give it an A. But, again, the uncertainty is like it's an A. But, man, oh, man, if things go wrong, it could go really south and become a C very quickly where the people who are going to be the solidifying yep. parts of the offensive line are Zach Martin and Tyler Smith. So I think it's boomer bust for this offensive line. It's like the sky's the limit for them if everybody's healthy. But if they're not, that's why we're talking about them shuffling all these guys in now into training camp potentially where they want to be prepared. They're making sure that they have layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of preparing things if something were to happen. And I do think that the sort of linchpin in all this is a Tyron Smith where if he's healthy, great, solidified, awesome. But if he's not, then things kind of get reshuffled along the offensive line. So they're preparing for everything this year. Like you said, this is the new era of NFL football. Look what happened with the with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. They had to they lost both their tackles. They lost the Super Bowl in embarrassing fashion. I would actually love to see last year if there was any team in the NFL that kept their starting lineup uh, the offensive line position uh, across all five spots from week one to week 17. I, I would be hard. I would be hard pressed to guess that there was maybe one or two, if that, if anybody. So yeah. I think you mentioned Jess, you hit the nail on the head. This is the NFL that we live in right now. And the Cowboys are trying to beat that wave and catch it early. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to give them a B only because we don't know exactly what we're working with come week one yeah. of the season. You yeah. don't, you don't know yet. And there's still some question marks, not so much with skill, but with injury, yep. right? Uh, who, who's going to be ready. And if they're not ready, then who's your next guy up. Right. And then that's what you have preseason for. So that way you can really solidify it and determine those answers. But for me, I, I think it's so interesting. This, this NFL that we're seeing now, because you saw it very similar too with the running back position where you don't have just one set back anymore. You, you see a lot of teams kind of adopting and adapting to that ideal of you have two backs and you interchange and you have the versatility and you throw off, you know, your, you throw off your, your opposing team because you don't know who's going to be where. And it's not only smart, but it also, again, I cannot stress how, how much this helps the longevity of player careers just overall if you're talking about working in and out and being versatile you're not constantly getting hit and you're not constantly getting pressed in those trenches because we we talked about just what a rough position this is overall but I have no doubt that if this uh, if this starting line that we just talked about can come out week one healthy and ready to go it, it is it is there you have your your moving puzzle puzzle pieces where they need to be and then even if down the line you have to change things up like I said, you're ready to do that. It's nothing. You're not even batting an eye to it because you did it in, in OTAs. You did it at minicamp. You did it, I'm sure, we'll see it at training camp. Um, and then maybe some preseason work as well. But I, I'm i excited for this offensive line because there's a lot of guys within it that can continue to make their jumps. Terrence Steele is somebody that I really, really am personally rooting for because yeah. I think this would be his year to shine post-injury to come back and – really make that jump. Tyler Biotish, again, another guy that, like you said, has lived in the shadow of, of greatness, but make he wants to make a name for himself at exactly. this point. And so I really, I'm excited to see what this O-line can turn into, right, as the year progresses. But overall, I, I don't think it's, 
uh, a position group of worry, like some headlines you might be reading right now. I, I really don't think it is. Um, if anything, I think it's a good problem to have that you have versatile guys that can kind of go anywhere at this point and help you mid season. If there's an injury or, you know, you decide, Hey, let's, let's throw off some defensive coordinators. Let's throw, let's throw awesome in here. <laughs> let's, let's see what we can do here. But, um, overall, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with, uh, this room where they are and, and the growth and the potential that they have. And that's really all we can ask for here. But Brendan, any final points about our O-line room? And by our, of course, I mean the Dallas Cowboys. Um, any final points there that you want to make? Well, I think the the future of the offensive line is, of course, something that the Cowboys always want to put first and foremost. You see a Matt Farniok might take that, take that leap if he wants to uh, you know, press for the left guard position. Awesome Richards, you mentioned. Also, too, Matt will let's go. I mean, he was injured last year and in, in the preseason, the one game that he kind of got a little bit of experience. He played really well, so I think... If maybe Terrence Steele is not healthy, that's another name to keep an, uh, an eye out for. And, of course, if he wants to play left guard, the Cowboys are going to put him there, then by all means, like, take advantage of it. But the other thing I was just thinking about, again, not to try and end on, on a Debbie Downer note, but, you know, when you look at contracts and everything with, with the offensive line next year, I mean, we could very well be sitting here next year, and if Terrence Steele doesn't get done, Tyler Biotish doesn't get done, Tyron Smith retires, maybe Zach Martin, for whatever reason, at left field retires, you're only left with Tyler Smith. So this, again, mentioning the boom or bust potential, I mean, the Cowboys are all in in 2023. Certainly their offensive line seems to be that same way too. And the Cowboys want to get a lot of these deals done, but they do have a lot of deals to get done. And you just want to know where maybe the offensive line guys with a Tyler Biotish and Terrence Steele fit in the pecking order of those. And that might be an, another discussion that we have. But um, yeah, I, I think right now, it's the sky is not falling. Chicken Little is not present uh, right now in Dallas. He's and, not, you know, maybe December he will be, but just not right now. No, and I think, too, what's going to be an interesting topic of discussion for years to come with this room is because you have so many young guys that can kind of be in and out of this mix that the impressions they make now could impact whether they get those starting positions when said players decide to retire yeah. or decide to maybe go somewhere else because they're on a contract year. So I, I think what is happening now doesn't just solidify what you see this season. This can go for any position, but I think the offensive line is such an interesting one right now because it's such a mix of young and older and and so I think what you're seeing now is you know maybe awesome Richards doesn't get a lot of the snaps but the snaps he does get would stick in the brains of the coaches to think hey you know say maybe next year we give him a little bit more and a little bit more and I, I think as long as guys are ready to kind of chomp at the bit they're always going to get those chances to do so so um yeah it that just sparked that thought in my brain that what you see now could very much solidify your offensive line in two three years from now um so something to keep in mind as well but brandon where can the people follow you for all things dallas cowboys and you know some some uh multiverse madness of whether you would survive the thanos snap or not where can people find you uh, i did find out today that i i would survive or i did survive so that's pretty positive i was really pumped about that uh i didn't have to worry about that um i guess seemingly that's why i was still here um after the snap happened but yeah it's gonna be at brandon is right w-r-i-t-e you mentioned the multiverse i mean in some world, I never thought I'd be starting a TikTok, but I'm trying to put a lot more social media content out there on TikTok. We talked about it last week, uh, yeah. and so I'm trying.
trying to get a little bit more of a social wow. media presence available. So we love the growth. Yeah. So it'll probably be love under that. the same one uh, at Brandon is right. If you want to just start building the following there, um, probably will be a little bit more creative, a little bit more rambunctious, but we'll see where that goes. But uh, yeah, all good things. I never thought that when we started this discussion tonight that it would get as, as passionate and, and heated, but uh, I'm, I'm happy with the turn it went. And maybe we'll be seeing a lot of, a lot of that on social media this week. Love that. And you know what? Brandon is taking his year to jump on social media. We love it. We love the growth. We love to see it because again, we, we have to make this off season discussion interesting for y'all because yeah. we don't want to be boring and, and all of that. We want to get you thinking and thinking outside the box and thinking, Hey, maybe I thought one way, but they made a really good point. So not it, outside uh, the tackle yeah. box. My hearing? You have to stay yeah. in the tackle box. If you're a quarterback, that's, that's true. Yeah. No, that <laughs> good one. Good one. You can follow me at Jessavars underscore. I unfortunately did not survive the snap from ooh, Thanos. And if ooh. you have no idea what we are talking about, it is this link on Twitter that you can click and it will tell you if you survived the Thanos snap or not. And I did not survive. So um, technically I shouldn't even be here doing this podcast because I didn't survive the Thanos snap snap. And uh, Brandon would be doing this solo dolo <laughs> is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't really know who else you would be talking to, but uh, we, we would have to find you a new co-host if that happened. Yeah. But luckily, you know what? Luckily, Iron Man did what Iron Man needed to do. We don't have to worry about that. I am here and uh, we are ready to bring on some interesting surprises for you guys the next couple of weeks. We have some fun stuff lined up and up of our sleeves. So you're going to have to just tune in um, the next few weeks and forever, actually, yeah. uh, to see what we have planned for y'all. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Keep being amazing. Thanks so much for tuning in. And you already know, go Cowboys. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.